So here's a breakdown of everything that goes into a podcast. The first thing is pre-launch. What should you be focused on? And clearly one of the most important things to focus on is what is the style of your show? What is the format of your show? And most importantly, what is the topic of your show? What is it that you want to talk about? And the best advice I could give here is find something that you'll have a sustainable interest in. Because if you're getting into podcasting and you want to stay podcasting, you need to find something that you're going to have a long-term interest in, not something that you're going to get bored of in the first few episodes. So think about something that you could talk about for a really long time. The more you get excited about a specific topic, the more likely that's the right topic for you. Now, it may or may not need to be something that you have direct domain expertise in. Maybe it's something that you have curiosity about. Maybe it's something that you want to explore further. But you do need to have a deep and sustainable interest in whatever it is that you want to talk about. The next thing you need to figure out is what are you going to call this show? Show title is important. Your artwork is extremely important. And your description of your show is extremely important. So make sure you take the time to really think clearly and deeply about what the show's all about and what you're going to call the show. So think about the title like this. When somebody reads the title, is it something that they're immediately going to understand what the show is about? So one piece of advice I got from one of the people that I interviewed on For the Love of Podcast is make your show title boring and descriptive. Now, that may be a bit of hyperbole, but the reality is if you create a show where it's crystal clear what the show is about, like, hey, it's a social media marketing podcast, you know exactly what the show is about. If it's the Vertical Farming Podcast, you know it's about vertical farming. I happen to interview Harry Duran, who hosts the Vertical Farming Podcast. Figure out what title represents your show. And I was just recently in a clubhouse room and I heard some great advice from Heather Havenwood who is a podcast expert. And she said, go to IMDb and look at the top 100 movies and see if there's a way for you to create a title that maybe has a movie title vibe to it. For example, she has a client that created a show called Raging Health, right? Which is a play on Raging Bull. Another client has a play on The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And so get creative with the title. Yes, you want it to be clever and creative, but also think about, does it have a keyword in it where people are going to know what the show's all about? When you're thinking about the show description, think about the show description from a perspective of what is going to tempt the audience to want to watch? What's going to give them some excitement about the topic that you're talking about? What's going to make them want to click play? And as you create this description, the more alluring it is, the more enticing it is, the more likely people will want to listen. I mentioned artwork briefly, but the artwork's so, so important. You got to think about the artwork from a perspective of it's going to likely be very small. It's probably going to be on a phone and therefore it might be super tiny. And so you want the lettering on the artwork to pop off the page. You want the colors to pop off the page. You want to visually tell your audience what the show is about with your artwork. And it, unless you're a designer and you have some level of expertise about what goes into really eye-catching design, I strongly suggest outsourcing that part of your work. Find a company that specializes in podcast art. My company does that. Other companies do that. 
and use them. Next up is the equipment and studio setup. So don't think you need to do anything too elaborate to get this done right. You probably have things in your home that will allow you to record great sound. And so the important thing to remember with your equipment setup is that you have a room that is not barren without any furniture. You want a room that has furniture, especially soft furniture. You also want a room that will allow the sound waves from your voice to be absorbed. So that could include bringing things like pillows or blankets or towels or anything that you put in front of you that will allow anything that you say to get absorbed in those soft things. You don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but just don't go into a room that's got super high ceilings or hard surfaces all around you. Try to do a room that's smaller if possible, maybe a room that's carpeted, and that will help you get great sound recording. Another part of the process is recording your intro and outro. So the intro and outro can have a lot of different vibes to it. It could be a standard static intro that you hear every single time, or it could be a dynamic intro that is different every time. And same thing with the outro. It could be the same every time, or it could be different every time, or it could be a combination of the two. And so get creative. You can also include a segment of your episode as the first thing people hear to kind of whet their appetite and give them a flavor of what's in store for your episode. The important part about the intro is you want them to get excited about the episode. And the important thing about the outro is you want to give your listener something to do. I suggest one call to action, not like 10 call to actions, because it's a lot better for you to give them something super simple to do as opposed to giving them so much that they don't take action. You want to give them one simple thing to do as opposed to a lot of things. Next thing you want to think about is your website and your online presence. So I strongly suggest having a website for your podcast. Now, it could be a part of your company website or your personal website, but I do suggest having something that you own, whether that be a standalone website for your podcast or something that's integrated into your existing website. Have it be something that you own, not something that's part of a host that you use and it's not really something that is yours. So you could use WordPress, you could use Squarespace, you could use Wix, you could use a number of platforms to create your own website, but no matter what you use, make sure it's yours. The next thing you need to think about is your podcast host. So there's a ton of great hosts out there. There's Buzzsprout, there's Libsyn, there's Podbean, there's Simplecast, there's Captivate. There's a number of hosts out there and they all have different superpowers. You can use a big platform like Megaphone or Art19 that allows you to host and populate ads using dynamic ad insertion. Or if you're looking for something that's really user-friendly and easy for a beginner, you could try something like Buzzsprout or Anchor. Although I will say with Anchor, you just need to understand the pros and cons before you go into using Anchor. And regardless of who you use, make sure you pick a company that fits your needs for what you want to do with your show. So do the research on the front end. After you've done that, you then want to go to all the directories. The directories include Amazon and Apple and Pocket Cast and Stitcher and Pandora. The list goes on and on. I mean, there's a ton of different places where people can play your podcast. And those are the directories. So the way in which the directories know 
where your content is, is by you providing an RSS feed, which is a link to the directories. So there's no reason you can't be on every directory. You just need to make sure you do the legwork to get your RSS feed onto those directories. And I've used Buzzsprout in the past. They're great. They make it super easy, super user-friendly for you to add your RSS feed to all the directories. The next thing I strongly suggest you setting up is a recording platform. So I've used Squadcast. There's also CleanFeed and Riverside. And the reason why you want to use one of these recording platforms is it allows you to record your audio locally. Both you and your guest can have your content uploaded after it's recorded locally on your computer, which is going to give you a much better sound quality than if you were to record through something like Skype or Zoom, where it's recorded through the internet and it just gives you that robotic sound. It is not as high quality as recording platforms that are specifically designed to record podcast interviews. Again, Squadcast and Riverside are two of the best ones. So I strongly suggest looking them up. Then you need to make the decision of what social media accounts you're going to have. Are you going to have a page dedicated on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram? Set those up. Also, if you want to have groups, you can set up groups. And so, of course, part of the process is where do your listeners hang out? You don't need to create a profile on every social media platform. So definitely do it on the platforms where you think your listeners are most likely to hang out. Another part of the process, and frankly, one of my favorite parts of the process is show preparation, which includes sourcing your guests, right? Like first figuring out which guests are most likely to be rock star guests on your show. Then you got to book those guests by sending them an invite and scheduling them. Then my favorite part is doing the research on the guests. So comprehensive research takes time and to do it well, you need to be really, really patient and dedicate the time in advance to do that legwork? Are you reading their books? Are you listening to other interviews that they've given? What are you doing proactively to get to know your guests before they're actually on your show? Write down all the notes from all the research that you've done and then craft interview questions that will allow your guests to shine. Maybe you need to script a narration or maybe you need to do something proactively if you have a solo cast. Do research about the topics that you're gonna talk about. Again, the more prepared you are in advance, the better your show will be because you're going to be able to speak confidently either by talking about a topic that you've researched thoroughly or interviewing your guests in a very thoughtful way. Then the fun part is the actual show recording. Make sure your audio is on point. Make sure you have a backup recording and that your camera and lighting is on point. Make sure your background looks good. All of these things add up. These are all details. And one of the things I like to think about details is kind of like a pointillist painting. The one single detail on its own might not make a difference, but the cumulative combination of all the details does become a piece of art. After you've actually recorded the show, then there's the post-recording, right? So then you got to either edit the show yourself or send it to your editor. If you have an editor like I do, then you're going to listen to the edited version and you're going to give him or her notes. If you have any feedback on that edited version, maybe they left something in you want to take out, or maybe there's something that you want to add back in. Be very specific, use time codes, and make sure that you give them that feedback so that they can do a revised edit of your show and so that it really meets the standards of what you want to put out for people to listen to. 
Next thing you want to do is you want to write the show notes for your show. And in addition to the show notes, maybe you write a long form article for your show. Next thing you want to do is you want to make sure it's packaged in the right way. So you have the right title for your show, something that people are going to be interested in and that you're going to pique their curiosity. You don't want to have a title or show notes that don't do a good job of helping people understand how that show will add value to their lives. You can outsource this or you could do it yourself. My company does this. There's a ton of other companies out there that assist with show notes and writing titles, maybe creating a featured image for your show. After that, you want to upload any audiograms or videos that you've cut that are short clips from your show to help tease the show, provide a little bit of insight into some of the key, most noteworthy topics that you talked about with your guest. Then you need to publish your episode. You want to make sure that your episode is published. I already mentioned that you have your title, your show notes. There should be keywords that you include as tags, as well as the featured image. All of those things should be published. And I suggest batch scheduling your episodes. If you have evergreen content, meaning that the content doesn't really have something that's time sensitive and it's not like a news oriented show, If you could produce your shows in advance and then you could publish in advance, then you have less stress on a week-to-week basis or day-to-day basis, depending upon what your release schedule is. Then, of course, you need to add all the elements that you've created and publish them on any of the platforms that you have a following, whether that be Twitter or TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it. Make sure that you're uploading that content. Once you've released the show, Make sure that you're engaging in the communities, that you're taking the time to respond to anybody that's commented on anything that you've posted. It's really important that you're engaged with your listeners. If you're not engaged with your communities on social media, it's a huge missed opportunity. And one that I think if you start applying more time there, you'll have a chance to interact and get more feedback, develop more loyalty, and have more insight into what your listeners want. The last thing I'll share is that you should review your analytics and solicit for feedback. So your analytics tell a story. Now, I'm not saying to be overly consumed with analytics, but I do think they tell a story. And the more you understand your analytics, the more you understand what your listener likes and maybe doesn't like, the more you're able to fine tune your show and make those micro adjustments to better serve your listeners. So ask for feedback. And listen to that feedback so that you can make those necessary pivots to your show so that it does what your audience wants. At the end of the day, who are you creating your show for? If you're not creating it for your listeners, then who are you creating it for? So listen to your audience's feedback, either in the form of analytics or in the form of actual feedback, and then make those adjustments to continue to help your show evolve and get better over time. Recently, I wrote down everything that goes into making a podcast from start to finish. And I'm sure I missed some things, but I'm going to review the list with you and go over each of the elements of producing a podcast from the very beginning. So this is really from a workflow perspective, start to finish for each episode of my show. Let me first give you this big, massive caveat, and that is you can batch process what I'm about to share. So you don't need to do the same thing over and over and over again. You could do segments of what I'm sharing 
in batches. Perfect example. The very first thing is creating a guest list. So you can obviously batch process coming up with a list of people who you want to be on your show. You don't just do it one person per day. You could spend an hour coming up with a list of people who would be great guests or two hours or even half a day coming up with your prospective guest list. And then you could add to it over time. Point being is that's part one of the workflow for my podcast is coming up with the guest list. Part two is what is my strategy for getting noticed by each guest? Or what is my strategy for actually getting them as a guest on my show? Do I want somebody to make an introduction? Like I just had my friend Brendan introduce me to Bob Berg. Bob Berg's going to be a guest on my show. He wrote The Go-Giver. And that would not have happened if Brendan didn't proactively make that introduction. Or maybe I meet somebody on Clubhouse. If I know somebody's active on Clubhouse, I could go into their rooms. I could listen to the advice they're sharing. I could send them a DM thanking them for the advice that they just shared. Or maybe I follow them on social media and I actively engage in their posts. So have a strategy with every single person that you want on your show. And the strategy should include something very specific for that person. It shouldn't be boilerplate, the same strategy for everyone. The next thing I do is I reach out to the guest and I ask them if they'd be open to being a guest on my show. It's not just that. It may be something very specific, like Jordan Harbinger, for example. I read a blog post that he wrote. And I said, what I liked about that blog post, I was very, very specific, hyper-specific, because that's going to help my message stand out from the crowd. If I just say, hey, I love your work, or I love your podcast, or I love your book, then I'm not going to stand out. But instead, if I say something hyper-specific to that person, what I am sharing will stand out. The next thing I need to do is if the guest says yes, they'll be on my show, then I need to schedule some time. I want to actually schedule a good time that meets their calendar. And I don't want to put the onus on them. I don't want them to do all the work. So I know the easy way is sending a scheduling link. And I'm not fully opposed to scheduling links, but that wouldn't be my primary. What I typically do is I send a few time slots where I have four hour blocks or maybe a half day block or a full day block. And I say, hey, here are some times I have available. If it's easier, here's a scheduling link. Or if it's easier, you could send me your scheduling link. Point being is I make it as easy as possible on the guest. The next thing I do is create a Squadcast link, which is the recording platform that I use. And the reason I do this is I want to make sure that I have great sound recording. And I include this in the calendar invite that I send to the guest, as well as all the details that the guest needs to know, like what's my show all about, what I expect of them, which is I expect them to have a good, solid internet connection. I want them to have a, a good place to record. I want them to wear headphones. I want them to be camera ready because I do record sound and video. So I have all of this in an email that I send them. And then I include the Squadcast link in that email. The next thing I do is actually send that link, that email to the guest. It has all the details that I just went over. And I, of course, I make sure that they respond to that calendar invite and that they actually accept it. The next thing I do is I send a reminder email to them. I usually send it same day, depends on the time of day. If it's an early morning, I may send it the day before. And it's something really simple like, hey, looking forward to our conversation. 
As a reminder, I sent all the details in the calendar invite. Hopefully you got that. If you have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, I will see you at a specific time and day so that they are reminded that the podcast recording is actually happening. The next thing I do is I compile all my notes from my research. If you've been following me, you know that I am a insane researcher. I love doing research, so I compile all my notes. Usually, I just take notes in my app, the notes app on Apple, compile those based on the interviews that I've listened to, the books I've read, social media profiles that I've visited, and any other research that I've done about that person. And then I make sure that they're all in one place. Next thing I do is organize them. And the reason why I organize them is I I like to follow a certain order of my show. So the first thing I do is I try to start with the question that is going to elicit an emotional reaction from the guest, either them laughing or them, frankly, crying. And so uh, I try to usually find something that's going to make them laugh, something unique, something that they've never been asked before. An example is I interviewed uh, somebody that's from the town where Pez was invented, Stephen Worley. And he, he was shocked that I started by saying, hey, is it okay if I eat a little bit of Pez? Uh, another guy interviewed, uh, I read a letter from his dad. It was Jeff Harry, who's an amazing, amazing human, an amazing guest. And I found an old blog post that he wrote that included a letter from his father, which was so touching to him and surprising. And so I try to find things like that. After I ask a question that elicits an emotional response, I usually start with an origin story question, something that will allow my guest to talk about an early experience that helped to form the human being that they are today. So I want to understand why they are who they are and what happened early in life, maybe childhood or young adult that was pivotal, that was transformational in their life. So I usually front load those questions And then I typically go in chronological order from there, or at least some sort of linear order. So if I'm interviewing somebody for my show, For the Love of Podcast, I typically go in linear order of a podcast. So for example, marketing and promotion won't be the first thing I talk about. I'll probably talk more about how somebody prepares for an interview. That'll be the first thing. Then I'll talk about how they produce their show. Then I'll talk about how they promote their show. So I kind of go in a linear fashion there. And that's just the way I do it. I'm not saying that's the way everybody has to do it. But I organize my notes so that I can go in that kind of order. It just makes the editing easier. It makes the flow of the conversation a little bit better. And I think that the more I do that on the front end, the easier it is on the back end to have a show that follows the same model. And my audience knows what to expect because I follow that model. The next thing I do is my pre-interview routine. And I do this before every interview. So the first thing I do is I typically take a shower. I know that sounds weird, but I take a shower because it helps with my voice. It gets my vocal cords nice and relaxed and usually puts me in a good mood. It resets pretty much everything about me and and gives me a chance to kind of decompress. While I'm getting ready after taking a shower, I usually listen to a podcast that was recently recorded either a podcast that they've been on or a podcast that they have recorded themselves as a podcaster. I typically get a big thing of water and I start drinking that. Of course, I wear clothes that are camera ready clothes. And then I always like to make sure that everything's set up from a system standpoint. I make sure that 
my recording platforms all set up. I make sure that I have a backup recording. I make sure that my camera's ready, that my lighting's ready. All of these things, of course, are really, really important to have set up. It may sound funny, but I make sure I go to the restroom immediately before I start recording because I don't want to have to go while I'm recording. And then, of course, I make sure that I'm on my recording platform early. In my case, I use Squadcast. So I usually arrive about 10 to five minutes before the actual recording time. I want to arrive before my guest, not after my guest. In almost all cases, I've arrived before my guest. Occasionally, the guest will be there before me. And then I get everything ready to go. I'll make sure I'm ready to hit record. I have everything all set up. I have my notes ready. I use a teleprompter so that I could look straight into the camera. And then I'm all set. I'm all ready to go. Another part of my pre-interview routine is that I, of course, I welcome the guest. I have a smile on my face. I ask them if they have any questions. I make sure that they feel comfortable. I tell them a little bit about what's going to happen. I let them know that I record the intro after the show and that we're just going to dive straight in. And then I always do this right before we go. I say, let's take 30 seconds, just breathe. Let's take 30 seconds to just decompress. We're going to have a great time. Let's just breathe for 30 seconds. And then we do that. We breathe for 30 seconds. I usually take a drink of water and then we get started. And then, of course, I record the episode After the recording, I then upload all of the assets. I have video recorded. I have audio, the high quality audio, as well as the backup recorded audio. I upload those assets to the drive that my team has access to. After that, the editing begins. So there's editing of the podcast, as well as editing of all of the videos, as well as anything else that I want done. So there could be a featured image that I want created. All of that's created from the primary assets that I upload. After those first edits are done, I then give feedback to my editors. I have my video team and my audio team that I give feedback to. I make sure that I'm super specific on the feedback. So I include time codes. Once that's done, I'll then record the intro and the outro for each episode because I like dynamic intros, meaning they're different for every episode. Sort of teen up the episode as the intro and then a wrap-up in the outro and a call to action. The next thing I do is I select an opening clip because I want to have a teaser clip at the beginning of the episode that I play before the episode starts. This kind of paints the picture, gives a bit of a flavor of what that specific episode's all about. Of course, I make sure that there's also plenty of video clips for each episode that encapsulate some of the best moments from the episode I select which ones I want to post to TikTok or to Instagram or to YouTube or wherever I want to post a clip from my show. I also make sure that there's a full length video that I could post to YouTube that has the entire episode in case anybody wants to listen to the entire episode. I also create a tweet for each episode or I have my team create a tweet for each episode that includes a meaningful quote as well as an image that really captures the essence of the episode. The next thing I do is write show notes for each episode, or I have my team write show notes for each episode, as well as a long-form article for each episode. The reason I do this is it's really, really great for the Google algorithm to have long-form content that allows the entire episode to be encapsulated in a thorough article. I also make sure that each episode has the full transcript. So literally every word that's uttered in my podcast is in the transcript. 
There's tons of platforms like Podscribe, which is a great platform, which will use artificial intelligence to create the transcription of your entire episode. Now, naturally, anytime you're using AI, there's a chance there's going to be some errors, in which case you can either correct those or you could be good with those. I'm personally good with the fact that there are going to be errors in the transcript. I don't go in and change, although I have some listeners who've proactively gone in and edited the transcript, but you don't need to. You can just have the raw transcript. And the reason why I advocate for having the transcript is the same reason I advocate for having the long form articles. When you have those transcriptions, those are going to act as food for the Google algorithm. So just make sure you publish those on your website. Speaking of website, you want to make sure that everything is uploaded to your website. So again, everything needs to be uploaded to your host as well as to the website. So there's tons of platforms to upload to. The next thing I want to do is upload to the podcast host. So in my case, I use Megaphone. I've used Buzzsprout in the past but upload the content to your host because that's where the media will reside and that's where the RSS feed will allow you to populate your show on all of the directories out there, the Amazons of the world and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and Stitcher and Spotify. The list goes on and on and on. So, but when you upload it to your host, it'll automatically populate on all the directories. You can also have it automatically populate to your website, or you can manually enter all the information on your website. It's important that you upload each and every single episode to your website. If it doesn't do it automatically, make sure you include anything like the show notes, the title, the description, a featured image, all the keywords, anything that's going to help your show get noticed. And of course, you want to publish the transcription, which I just spoke about, all of those things should be on your website. After your show is on your website and it's in the host and it's on all the directories, then you could send an email to your guest. It's important when you send the email to your guest that it includes all the links to your show, as well as access to any assets, as well as anything that will allow them to easily share your show. Maybe you use click to tweet, for example. So all they have to do is press a button and it'll tweet for them. Things like this allow your show to grow because it makes it easy for your guest to promote your show. Don't make it hard for them, make it easy for them. So you should have a, a really clear email that outlines where they could find all of the assets, how they could promote your show, and make it as easy as possible for them to do so. The next thing I like to do is use press releases. Press releases allow each individual episode or your show itself to get to news channels that may promote your show for you. My friend Kate Casey does an amazing job of this with her show, Reality Life with Kate Casey. I interviewed her on For the Love of Podcast, and one of the things she talked about was how to leverage the fact that she's got celebrities on her show so she goes to media outlets and uses things like press releases and other forms of media releases that will allow her show to get visibility on other platforms. The last piece is making sure that you're active on social media. So I make sure that I'm engaging. Obviously, you need to publish any of the assets that were created and engage. If somebody's going to make a comment, comment back. If somebody's going to like your posts, great. You want to make sure that you're reaching out to them saying, thank you for liking my post. Become involved in the community. So the last thing 
that I'll share is be really, really involved in your community. Maybe you have a Facebook group. Maybe you have some other platforms. Maybe you're active in Reddit. Figure out ways to get as active as possible. So that's the workflow from start to finish that I do. What's missing? Would love to get your thoughts. Would love to get anything that you're doing. What's part of your workflow that I missed? What's part of your workflow that you'd like to add to this list? Please go ahead and share it. I'd love to get your thoughts. Thanks for listening. And hopefully if you found some value, please go ahead and subscribe. And remember, everything we do, we do it 